Hey everyone, welcome back to Why the Flick, a podcast where we watch a new movie each episode and ask ourselves, why the flick did we watch this? I'm your host, Claire, and this week I'm excited to be joined by Frankie and Scott from Shoot the Flick. Hey guys, thanks for joining the podcast. Hi! (laughs) So happy to be here. Uh, Yeah, I love your all's podcast and I love your all's dynamic and conversations, Um, so I feel like this is going to be a really fun conversation today. For sure. Well, we were just commenting because both our names are plays off like... Curse words. Curse words. (laughs) (laughs) Why the flick and we're shoot the flick. I know. It's like the perfect uh, collab. Shoot the flick. So we should be like, why shoot the flick? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But yeah, the movie we're going to be talking about today, I'm also very excited to be talking about. It is Palm Springs, released in 2020. Directed by Max Barbaco. I think I'm saying that right. And uh, I was looking at his IMDb the other day. And I think this is his first kind of big movie that he's done. Like there was a few stuff on there. Sort of like short films maybe that I'd seen. But this seems to be his first kind of big break. Which if you're going to have a first big break. This is a pretty good movie to have it be. Yeah. And I think it came at a good time also because it was obviously during pandemic times. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it worked both in this movie's favor and against it. Because I feel like no one talks about this movie. But it's, uh, I feel like the bar during pandemic time was, was pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely stood out during that time. Yeah. This is one of those movies that when we saw it initially, we were like, oh, wow, that was actually a lot of fun. And then we hadn't revisited it until, you know, we decided to do it again for your show. And it's still a good time. Yeah, the yeah. first time I watched it literally made me cry at the end. And I'm like, maybe I was just desperate for, like, emotions. <laughs> I was just grasping at straws. But, like, I was like, no. I was genuinely, like, it was a heartfelt movie the second time around and I was very very happy to see that yeah I'm sure like everybody's emotions were high in 2020 so I feel like that definitely lent sure. to you probably feeling that way um I did not have a chance to watch this movie back in 2020 it just like slipped off my radar but I kept hearing about it and I kept hearing how good it was and so when you guys put this on the list I was like you know what I think it's time to finally watch it and I think it still holds up you know, even in 2023, like it's a really funny movie. It was a fun watch for me too. Um, I kind of picked it because one, I feel like it's the perfect summer-ish movie kind of um, with the setting and it's set around a wedding, which summertime is like big wedding season. And like the poster initially like pulls me in because it's just Andy Samberg and um, what's her name? Chris... um, uh Kristen yeah Melody like sitting on rafts in the middle of a pool and I'm like that's like my perfect world is just to lay on a raft in a pool all day so um and I really like Andy Samberg too so I definitely was was excited to watch this movie yeah my wife has a thing about time travel 
Oh my god! I mean, uh, even as a kid, Back to the Future's oh like yeah. my favorite movie of all time from childhood. So I'm like, as soon as I hear something about time travel, I'm like, yeah, I want to watch it. Absolutely. I, that's probably why I wanted to watch it back in 2020. I was like, there's this time travel movie with Andy Samberg. I'm like, let's watch it. <laughs> and it's a rom com. I mean, yeah. What more could you ask for? And the great thing about it too, I mean, we've done rom coms on our show. It's like the number one thing you have to do, even if the script is crap and it's like whatever. You have to have two people with really good chemistry, and that could take you really far if, mm-hmm. in a good rom-com that maybe has eh, writing this movie has really good writing but also like really great chemistry so yeah. it works out absolutely even better also this is a play on the this is a play on the groundhog day type of movie and i think they do it in just an interesting enough way where you're like it's its own thing mm-hmm like there are so many movies that have tried to take that concept of like oh we're in a time loop and you're like oh god here we go again but i like the fact that it's like oh somebody's already been in this for a long extended period of time and has basically given up on trying to get out of it yeah and then a new person that comes into it yeah I feel like that really revitalizes the time loop, um, like, trope, if you will. Like, I think it still stays true to a lot of, like, the rules of a time loop, but then it adds these other elements and other characters get kind of looped into it, into the time loop, um, which is really cool to see. Um, Before I get too far into our discussion, I'll backtrack a little bit and just read the IMDb description, which is pretty much a summary of what I've already said. But uh, it goes, stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over again. And I really like this synopsis because it doesn't give away too much. I think it pulls you in just enough to want to watch it and see what happens. Um, it gives you the time loop element. It gives you the sense that it's going to be a rom-com. Um, so, yeah, I think that in of in itself is really fun. And I kind of want to start by, like, since we've been talking about the time loop, talking about the comparisons to Groundhog's Day, um, like I said, I think it stays true to, like, the rules of a time loop where you relive the same day over and over again. When you fall asleep, you restart the day. Um, if you, you also, like, can't die. And so, like, if you do, you also restart the day. But where I think this movie kind of goes off into its own special trajectory is that um, we start off with Niles being in the time loop, like you said, for... I think it, I had read he's in there for like maybe 40 years or so, maybe by the time we meet him. But yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think, well, they never, I don't think they actually ever say specifically a number, but like it's obvious that he's been in there for a really long time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just, I, I do like that aspect of it where it's like, you don't really know how long he's been in there, but like it's clearly just he's just completely complacent and just like, yeah, everything sucks and life is meaningless. Right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> well, it's even funnier watching it the second time because you go, this guy has clearly given up. Mm-hmm. Like he's almost going through the motions of this whole thing. Cause he's done it so many times. And usually because when you first watch you're you're not quite aware what's going to go on. But then you're watching it again and you're like, 
Wow, Andy Samberg does this really well. Yeah, when you watch it the second time, knowing the whole time from the beginning that he's in this time loop, you get like clues to it, obviously. Yeah. And you just like, oh, it just, you just feel bad. For I, the guy. Uh, I did get to watch this twice and rewatching it back, knowing from the very beginning that he's been in this situation and he's already in the time loop when we meet him was really interesting to see. And like, it, it also lends so much more meaning to when he's like today, tomorrow, every day is the same. And at the when you first watch it, you think he's just being cynical, and that's just his personality. Um, it really wasn't until he gave the like perfect wedding speech because that seems so out of character for him that I was like, I think he's in the time loop. I don't know when you guys kind of started picking up on it when you first watched it. Oh, when we first? Well, I don't even remember. When we first watched it, I, I don't think we really were. I think the dance floor thing, where yeah. he's dancing down the dance oh, yeah. floor, where he's starting to like, he knows how everybody's moving. I'm like, okay, something's up here. But until like we get the restart, and then you're like, you then get the realization that, oh, no, this he's been here longer than we even think, think. he's been. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with this movie, too, like, in comparing it to Groundhog's Day, like, Groundhog's Day is very much, like, I think at the end, Bill Murray gets out of it by, like, discovering the meaning of life and all of that. But with this movie, it's literally just a time loop, and there's no, like, deeper meaning way to get out of it until you realize, like, it's much more of a scientific approach to getting out of it. Yeah, they really kind of do the whole, like, you know, uh, MCU quantum physics, yeah. like, this is real thing that could happen in real life in- instead of, because they even make a joke about it in the movie. At one point, uh, Kristen Melody's character is like, oh, well, I can just, if I do a selfless act and I'll learn the meaning of selflessness then I can earn my way out mm-hmm. and it's like no this isn't that kind of thing yeah <laughs> well the other thing is so I'm a big horror movie guy just on the side of this and one of the things that always drives me crazy about horror movies is the need to explain everything and this movie doesn't get bogged down with the explanation of the time loop mm-hmm. yeah like why it exists yeah. or what happened yeah we like we don't need that and i feel like if they tried to explain this time loop we would have got real messy yeah real fast agreed yeah i like that they didn't really have to get too into like the time loop itself because we as an audience are very familiar at this point with like pop culture and what time loops mean um, and you think even Andy Samberg's character Niles says at one point, like, you know, it's one of those infinite time loop things that you may have heard about. Um, you know, yeah, just totally normal. Every now and then, those things do happen. Run of the mill, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like that they didn't like beat us over the head with it. They just kind of we understand what a time loop is at this point. We don't have to like go down a rabbit hole of all of the rules and ins and outs of it. I mean, he does hit on a few things with. Um, Sarah to like give her the lay of the land but ultimately we get to see a lot more of their dynamic once she gets introduced into the time loop which is also a whole different aspect because with Groundhog's Day you know it's focused on one person in this instance we've got multiple people who are getting stuck in the time loop Sarah and Roy 
and possibly Nana too. I'm not sure. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that at the end. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) She was very ominous and like, I've been to more weddings than you can imagine, and you're going and goodbye, good Mm. luck. And it was very uh, I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. Yeah, I think when they first saw that, I, I thought maybe Niles said something, but then I'm like, oh, wait, Niles isn't here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, gosh, what was I going to say? But, yeah, I mean, this movie really is uh, very much like a, it's mostly a rom-com with like a sci-fi backdrop, really. Yeah. Um, so even when, you know, Sarah's like, I'm going to get out of this, and she starts studying quantum physics for an undetermined, again, undetermined amount of time, because, mm-hmm. I mean, in the montage, it, you know, it seems like it happens in a couple of days, but, like, realistically, it would take a great deal of time for right. someone to learn quantum physics and understand it enough to, like, know what to do and how to try to get out of a freaking time loop, but... Yeah, they don't even really focus on, like, the logistics of that too much. They're just like, okay, we're going to walk into this cave with a bomb. And we put a goat in there, and it disappeared. So maybe it'll work. Okay, that's the plan. And then we move on. Mm-hmm. It's really not about the sci-fi of yeah. it. Well, we even started trying to think, like, what's the continuation of all these, like, time loops? Like, is after every day where they reset... Is it a new t- is a new timeline technically started mm. oh, God. that they don't God. know? Like multiverse. Yeah. Like we started going like, if we, you think about this type of movie and you start thinking about it way too hard, you can get real into the weeds mm-hmm. real quick. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think like having it be tied to this rom com aspect more than the science part of it keeps it feel like a little bit more grounded than going off into these like wild tangents, which I'm sure you could on the science aspect of it. And I feel like there's a lot at the end of the movie that you could get into of like, perhaps they opened up a multidimensional space and time and all of that. But yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Well, that's a whole other can of worms. I'm sure we'll talk. Yeah, absolutely. Get into this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Really quick before we go on, because I do want to talk about this being a rom-com. I was reading uh, an interview that I think the director was was giving and the interviewer told him that apparently Groundhog's Day in the original draft actually did start with Bill Murray already in the time loop and his love interest is in the time loop too. Um, Ultimately, they didn't go with that for the final draft, but the writers on this movie and the director like had no idea that that wasn't even a concept for Groundhog's Day so I think it's just funny Mm. that they ultimately like piece this together um for their kind of like plot having multiple people in the time loop and then also starting it in the middle of Niles being a part of it that would have been interesting I do love Groundhog's Day I've watched that movie yeah way too many times (laughs) I haven't seen it in a long time I haven't seen it in a long time either yeah yeah, I gotta rewatch it. Same. Cause I, you know what's funny? Like, watching this movie, in the moment of watching it, like, I don't connect it to Groundhog's Day at all. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I haven't seen it in a while. But I feel like, I mean, kind of like Scott said before, I feel like it's kind of made its own thing. Like, you don't necessarily, even though they're kind of the same concept, it's a romantic comedy in a time loop situation. You don't necessarily compare it to Groundhog's Day when you watch it. Yeah. I don't think, anyway. Well, it's like... This Edge of Tomorrow, mm. 
there's a couple of other ones Russian I can't doll, think of right I now. I think is another one. Yeah, Russian dolls one. Like there's a bunch of them that exist. But like even still, so you have a time loop genre, a rom com. I wouldn't call it a genre. It's like a sub genre maybe. Sub sub genre. But like both these things are things that have been done and probably done to death. Mm-hmm. And for this movie, again, it still feels kind of fresh. Yeah. yeah. Because how many rom-coms have we seen that we go, oh, this is really rough. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, rom-coms just aren't what they used to be, I feel like. Just comedies in general, I feel like, aren't what they used to be. But rom-coms, I feel like, just aren't the yeah. same. Rom- I don't know. Maybe that's like me being a millennial and just being like ah things were better in the 90s but like yeah no i feel like that's i mean a general consensus i feel like is that the 80s and 90s were like a very peak time for rom-coms and then the early 2000s really tanked even like 2010s wasn't great either and so yeah like there are are good spots throughout yeah don't get me wrong there are are anomalies generally speaking but in the like the 2020s maybe we're starting to have like a revitalization of the rom-com with movies like this Hmm. i i think that sometimes but then i watch movies like marry me (laughs) the one with j-lo and owen wilson i'm just like oh my god you mean the critically acclaimed one masterpiece oh that is marry me I don't even it, i don't even remember to be honest with you why i watched that movie i was just so curious i'm like how are they gonna make this work and the answer is they, they don't. don't yeah so <laughs> and it's j-lo you know how many rom-coms j-lo's been in that are like pretty damn good and that one yeah just and so he was in wedding crash yeah. it was one of the best friggin' rom-coms of like the 2000s i know and it's just like oh there's a reason they haven't put him in a rom-com since then it's not really that great <laughs> But, yeah. but this one is really good <laughs> i hope uh andy sandberg does more rom-coms moving yeah. forward like he's a really good rom-com actor um it's funny because i actually when i first saw the poster i thought it was going to be andy sandberg and jenny slate and not kristen maloney um <laughs> in as the female lead and then i saw it was it was not jenny slate but now i want a rom-com with andy samberg and jenny slate because okay, i feel like slate. they would be, be amazing together yeah yeah well, the other thing about andy samberg is he's not he doesn't have a good track record with movies mm-hmm. like a lot of his movies are eh. eh too rough um He's my boy, especially, is one of them that is very I think hard to watch. Yeah, that's my boy. It's the one with Adam Sandler. Yeah. yeah. But that one's just, it's very Adam Sandler. I don't blame like, Andy you know, Sandler for that, though. Adam Sandlery, not fun Adam Sandlery from, like, the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> but when he gets to play this man-child that we see here, that we see in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's what I was going to say, too. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is basically, like, a rom-com just in a show. And he yeah. does great in that. Absolutely. He plays this role really well. Yeah, I d- how do you guys feel about pop star have you seen that i saw it scott has not seen it but okay. he has it like you know in the in the tank it's not bad yeah. it's not like laugh out loud funny but it's like fine yeah and he does like fine in it <laughs> yeah i think um brooklyn 99 is some of his like best work and oh yeah i like mean peak. Yeah. yeah if he can continue i don't i don't want to characterize him into like that role all the time because i feel like you know it, 
as an actor, I feel like you can get kind of sidelined into that sort of thing. But he's such mm-hmm. a great comedic comedic actor. Um, I'm excited to like follow his career and see where he goes next. Funnily enough, even like he did the Adam Sandler movie and he's been uh, compared to Adam Sandler, I feel like a lot over mm. his career. But he is he does have kind of a similar vibe, especially I could see him doing more rom-coms because he gives off a very like lovable schlub yeah. kind of vibe. And that's like where Adam Sandler breathes and eats. Absolutely. You know, especially back in the day, like, you know, why is he with Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Why is he with Jennifer Aniston? Because he's Adam Sandler. I know. And he can be. Or, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the Pete Davidson effect. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, it's also the funny thing about comedians, and I think it's really hard for when you get classified as a comedy guy. Again, this is a complete tangent, but a comedy guy to go into something else mm-hmm. yeah. like like there's only a handful of people who were like oh these are funny guys that did dramatic work afterwards that we actually enjoy like robin williams mm-hmm. like, right but to bring it back to this movie this movie i think balances comedy and drama really well mm-hmm. and i think andy sandberg does a great job with that i think comedy and drama are very close together a lot of the times they're kind of two halves of the same two sides i should say of the same coin yeah. So I feel like he's capable of that for sure. Especially when you have like two characters in this movie who are, who are very nihilistic. I feel like that's easy mm-hmm. to touch upon the comedy side of it. But also like they do explore these very deep conversations um, about life and the meaning of life and all of that. Yeah. Um, but back on the comedy part, I wanted to ask you guys like I just wanted to talk about some of the funniest moments in this movie and some of the like the biggest laugh out loud moments. One for me was um, the scene, it's like much further into the movie, but any like really interaction with Niles and his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend Misty, I feel like are great. And that part where he's obviously lived a lot of experiences where she's accusing him of cheating and to the point where he knows what she's about to say and he mimics her and she's just like stop copying me and he says it back like at the exact same time and then they both like scream at the same moment and she just starts crying it's just like so good i love that scene it's really good Uh, that one's great honestly all of it's really again sandberg sells this so well when he first goes wait for it and then the earthquake (laughs) starts and he's like i am the antichrist (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i gotta go (laughs) That was good. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, we haven't even touched on J.K. Simmons Oh, my gosh. Yet. Yes. So good. Which, like, you put that man in any movie, it's, like, elevated already. Like, yeah. he's just, ugh. He's just great. It's for a guy who is such a great actor, and he is. He's an amazing actor. I don't know why he's not in even more than he is. Yeah. I feel like he's in more than you think, he might be, but I feel like he should be in even more. He's yeah. just that character actor that kind of just shows up when you least expect Absolutely. him. Absolutely. And he just kills it every time. And you're, like, always delighted when it's J.K. Simmons who appears. Or, like, like, the first name scene is that like... he enters in this movie. Huh? The, the first scene he comes in in this movie where, like, he shoots Andy Samberg with the <laughs> arrow and <laughs> Sarah's reaction is just so pure. Like, it, I watching it you don't even think it's acting because you just put yourself in that position you're like oh yeah i'm just like making out with this guy in the desert and then all of a sudden he's shot with an arrow and she's just screaming like oh my god like freaking oh it's so good 
But then he turns it around completely at one point. He has like a deep conversation with Andy Samberg, just like sitting in his backyard with his kids. And you're like, oh my God, this guy is like a genius. He can like make you hysterically laugh, but then also just like ponder every aspect of your life. It's just crazy. Definitely. (laughs) I think the scene with like Andy Samberg and J.K. Simmons getting high in a bathtub together is like the (sighs) one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life and I hope it's burned into my memory forever. Oh my god. (laughs) It's so good. Well like you you get so much from him because like yeah you get that range of like he's the hunter he's evil like when they do the little montage of him torturing Andy Samberg yes. and they do the close up on his face and you're like wow this guy's really evil yeah. and then you juxtaposition that when he's watching his family yeah and you're like I can't believe this is the same character <laughs> absolutely yeah and then he's just like well I'm never gonna watch my kids grow up and you're just like oh ow I know <laughs> ow, it hurts stop it even like when we first meet Roy before the time loop thing like he's really also very nihilistic and he's like talking about being in a bottomless pit of despair and all of that and that's essentially when they like go get high like he definitely has such a range and I feel like anytime J.K. Simmons is in a movie he adds such incredible value to it um and like his name's literally on the poster and I didn't even realize that he was in this movie till till the arrow scene which was also like a moment in the movie where I felt like oh this is this is something special here because like who is gonna expect during a makeout pre-sex scene that, yeah. that you're gonna get shot in the shoulder with an arrow and then you're like where did what is this guy's deal like is he mystical what is what's going on with him is he mystical? I know <laughs> I mean, he basically is. It's J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I just thought it was like maybe like, I don't know. I thought he was part of the time loop like as a protector. But then I was obviously wrong and realized he is just another wedding guest <laughs> trapped in the same situation. But at least he's stuck in Irvine and he doesn't have to relive the wedding right, every day. Right, and wake up with this terrible wedding oh my God. every day, which, by the way, is doomed to fail. Oh, can we just I mean, yeah. can we just refer- like acknowledge that this marriage is doomed to fail? Yes. Well. I want to talk about because it's so clever the way this is shot because we wake up so much of Andy Samberg Mm -hmm. as this relationship is going on and he gets happier and happier every time he wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, because he's falling in love. (laughs) But then when you wake up with uh, Sarah, Sarah, she wakes up and she seems to be happy and then immediately is brought back yeah it's just re-traumatized yeah. every morning she slept with her sister's Ugh. husband Ugh. yeah so gross. and it's just like oh yeah that would be rough yeah yeah she keeps saying i can't keep waking up here i can't keep waking up here and it's like yeah i can understand why you would feel <laughs> incredibly traumatized by that so it was very funny how he figured out that she- she was waking up. Oh there. yeah, because he smelled oh, the my... guy's pillow. Oh my god, he was we... busy on the other side of the room snoring wanna... coke or something. Yeah, this like <laughs> this like constant joke of the orchid explosion by Fournier. Oh my god, like I have to talk about this really quick because I kept thinking, is this an ad for something called Fournier? <laughs> is this a real? Is this a real hairspray? Being... There is no such thing as orchid explosion by Fournier. And I came across oh this Reddit God. post because um, I guess somebody did a deep dive on like the meaning of this and their conclusion was that it's ultimately just a very clever sexual innuendo because 
Like if you really get into the meaning oh, of the words, like orchid, orchid oh is a God. flower, but it's also like the Greek word for a testicle. And then yes. Fournier gangrene refers to, I, I am literally quoting this at this point, necrotizing fastidious gangrene affecting the external genitalia. Um, and so okay. like the product is a hair mist. And so this this person on Reddit said, so basically the product is a testicle explosion, a.k.a. semen hair mist, somewhat a la there's something about Mary. <laughs> I love that. That's if that's true, if that was planned, if that's what they intended. That's fucking that's hilarious. So that's such a deep cut. Uh, it's so good. That's and that would be really funny. the marketing team <laughs> for this movie made a website called orchidexplosion.com and you can like. I don't know if you can actually buy the products, but they have products listed there oh that you can God. buy. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, but oh yeah, that God. was like my favorite thing I learned about this movie. <laughs> Man, Reddit is a crazy place to be. It is. It for sure Reddit, is. Redditors will just do anything. <laughs> They'll deep dive anything. They're doing the, they're doing the deep work here to make my life Legit, entertaining. Though. Uh, and like I was just saying before how this movie's like... St- you know criminally underrated so like who's who's got enough <laughs> time and focus uh, who's doing it that? was That's it was crazy. a 2020 pandemic i guess not a lot of people had shout some, out to that person yeah i'm gonna link to the reddit post in this uh in the show notes so kudos to you That's for wild. for putting that together amazing <laughs> oh my god um crazy. one of i think also the funniest scenes in well great two one is the people Niles has had sex with um, when he's going through all of those peop- individuals. Um, there's the bartender. There's Darla at the bar. And then there's Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh, yeah. The guy in the pool. Jerry's a nice guy. Jerry's great. Um, it's so <laughs> funny because nice when I was rewatching this and noticing when Andy Samberg's in the pool, Niles, I should say, when he's in the pool, Jerry swims up to him and jerry says anything can happen and he like raises his eyebrows and mm-hmm. niles goes not today and that <laughs> it just adds so much more context to when you realize what what happened between them um and then she jokes that the dad yeah and he jokes <laughs> he and you up see... with the dad and they cut to the i was like oh my god yeah just filming that scene Ugh. i'm sure it was so fun they had chemistry <laughs> i mean though i do wonder <laughs> I do wonder if he isn't joking or mm. like. I mean, he's an unreliable you never know. narrator because he did lie. He did lie about having sex with Sarah multiple times, which is. I feel like that's kind of. I mean, I don't know. Part of me feels like it's brushed over. Part of me feels like he genuinely feels bad about it. But then I'm just like, no. But you had sex with her multiple times in this time loop, and you never told her. Thousands. Like, of she's times. like falling in love with you, and then yeah, it's icky. Yeah. It just, it just makes you think, though, like, because this guy has been here for, let's even say, a couple years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, you have to assume he's probably at least made the pass at everyone at this wedding sure he even tried tra- taller the bride nothing else <laughs> <laughs> yeah the part where like they're doing their first dance and he's like may i butt in and then they're like it's our first dance and he goes is that a deal breaker oh, is that yeah is that a problem <laughs> is that a problem is that an issue mm, i don't think it's a problem yeah 
Yeah, I think as soon as he was like, to Sarah, as soon as he was like, uh, I mean, maybe I just don't remember. I was like, you've definitely, you've, you've had sex with her. Like, yeah. that's very obvious to me. And it's not even that they, I mean, clearly in that first scene before like the time loop is revealed, they do have chemistry together and stuff. Um, but when he later reveals that he's had sex with her multiple times, it's not just that they've had sex. It's that he basically would manipulate her and like, you know, cause she was kind of drunk and like she was going to give like a terrible maid of honor speech and he saved her with the speech and that got her into bed. It's just icky. Yeah, icky. for sure. And I, I'm sure that's like, and like, I can see why he wouldn't want to tell yeah, her that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's probably why Gross. he's like, if I'm going to be living with this person for infinity, I probably don't want to be like damaging this relationship. Cause I don't even know if Fair. he had chemistry, like if he liked her at that point, obviously he's probably attracted to her cause they had sex multiple times. But yeah, I'm sure he was kind of like, if I have to live with you, I don't want to have to share this very intimate thing. But I feel like before they actually had sex together in the time loop, there was a moment where he paused. And I think that's when he probably should have been like, by the way, maybe I should. At some point when he realized he was catching feelings, instead of it coming out in the middle of an argument, if he like had sat her down when he realized he was catching feelings and like, hey, I need to tell you something xyz it would have been better mm-hmm. but obviously you know it wouldn't have been as dr- uh, dramatic in the yeah. rom-com scenario well, yeah again i think he was going to i don't think he was going to <laughs> i think well i think in the tent when they're in the tent he he like pulls her off of him mm-hmm. and stares at her and i'm like at that point i think he's actually debating saying <sighs> it that's questionable, but I mean, let's give Andy Samberg the benefit of the doubt. I <laughs> see when I first watched it, I was I was like, oh, he just like wants to like see her maybe. And like, yeah, it's very romantic, just having like a cute little moment. But and he's kind of realizing he's catching the feels. Yeah. But then, then after I watched they got it. high on mushrooms and <laughs> stared at dinosaurs, as you do, as you tend to do. Yeah. But like the second yeah. time I watched it, I really did think maybe he does feel guilty and he's like about. So I don't know. I mean, they never really explore what he was feeling in that moment. I'm sure he does feel. I mean, the good thing about this movie is that like it does explore both of these characters individually as well as together. And they're both messed up people. Yeah. <laughs> they're both screwed up. And they both throughout this whole process, they really kind of grow and they're not necessarily less messed up at the end of it, but they're just like, yeah, we're going to face our screw-ups, and we're going to be together, and we're going to get through it together. And, like, I feel like that's a more realistic love story than a lot yeah. of other rom-coms. So that helps, I think. Though I do wonder if they get arrested for trespassing. Um. <laughs> well, they kind of just, at the end, when they are trespassing in these people's houses in the pool they kind of just like chill there afterwards like ah, yeah ah, our life is so grand uh i have to go pick up my dog oh my god this made me re- realize because they are like i guess they come back on november 10th so like they're reliving november 9th and i was kind of weirded out at first because november 9th is um not my wedding anniversary but it was like the anniversary my husband then boyfriend at the time would celebrate as like the first time we went on a date so we celebrated november 9th for a long time and then i saw it was november 9th and i was like that's weird i'm not gonna get (laughs) think about that too much but um that was like funny for me um but yeah like getting into uh, niles and sarah's romance i feel like like i said it's a romance between very two very nihilistic people 
And I like how Niles, they're both nihilistic, but they're also still different characters. Like Niles is very much like, I don't care about anything. I'm going to suffer existence at this point, live with little effort. Um, But Sarah still being like very new to the time loop. Um, She's nihilistic, but still trying to correct it or not willing to live in this like space because I think of the trauma of her having slept with Abe. And um, she also has, I think we explore her background a little bit more than Niles necessarily because Niles can't remember his past. But like with Sarah, we find out she was married for two years and she knew it wasn't going to work out. It didn't work out. Um, And so, you know, I think they do a good job of like making them seem similar, but also differentiating them. Yeah. Yeah. When Andy Sandberg, when she asks him about his past and he goes, I literally can't remember the face he makes. I think it, it, it strikes him there almost like, oh, God, I really don't remember anything before this time loop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank God he remembered the dog oh, at the end. Frank. Wait, or Fred. One of those. like Fred, Fred. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is he? One of those big shaggy, shaggy dogs. dogs. Yeah. Oh, okay. That narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think it also goes into their character types, too, of, like, Niles has... When Niles is explaining the past and the present and the future with the Milky Way bar or whatever, he's eating the candy bar, and he has, like, no interest in the past whatsoever. But then Sarah counters, and she's like, in order to really know someone, you have to know the full package. And so she's willing to, like, share a little bit more of her past than... And, like, he may not really remember anything about his life before since he's been stuck in here for so long. But I think if I had one criticism, it's that we didn't really get to like know much about who Niles was pre-time loop, other than he had a really shitty girlfriend and yeah. he had a dog. <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, I mean, I think I think everything emotionally that we need from both of them comes across, mm-hmm. even though we don't get as much from Niles' actual past. But I do, I do wish we had learned a little more about him and his past. I, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is that he's just been in this thing for so long, he's so far removed from it that yeah. he just doesn't. Like, you, like you've been saying, he just doesn't give a damn. And yeah. it's like, eh. Well, I was even trying to think, like, they never show how he, how he got stuck in the time. Oh, loop. yeah, you said that, too. Mm-hmm. That, w- that would be interesting to know. And I was like, maybe it's like, the reason he knows about his girlfriend going on with the uh basically what looks like the character from nope um <laughs> dead oh god uh, it's like a beat he, i think it's the guy that married them yeah the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the officiant. officiant yes yeah i was gonna say the priest god knows that guy ain't a priest no, no but, he, but continue <laughs> but i think niles on the wedding night initially yeah you probably get he's drunk wa- he's drunk he walks he sees that goes off into the desert and then sees the light and, and just stumbles into yeah mm-hmm. drunkenly sure yeah i imagine that's pretty much what happened to um whether like it was like he, you said he might have seen misty that first night or maybe just got drunk and did it of his own some those like i didn't mind not seeing that part of it it just was more important yeah. to me like it 
started with him because I imagine it's a similar situation of how like um, Roy gets in there or Sarah gets in there. It's just by by mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if we just got like a flashback of Niall. Yeah. Niles. Is it Niles? It's Niles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if we just got a flashback to him from like the beginning yeah. of like how he was that day, like the first day. It maybe would have given us more insight into who he was before this all happened. And maybe added another layer to the mm. character as a whole. But I think at the end of it, we got everything we needed to get. Yeah. Andy one- Samberg gave a speech that made me misty-eyed. I feel like that's oh. something that we should applaud. His his speech <laughs> at the end the with the emphatic period. Ampersand? Emphatic yeah. period. It's an like, ellipsis. That's just an exclamation point. <laughs> that was grammatically Awful. A nightmare. Awful. Yeah. Oh, it was so that good. Was, yeah. That was a yeah. good one. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to the romance part of the rom-com, it does follow the typical rom-com t- like ups and downs where like they yeah, formula mm-hmm. where they meet, they become friends, we get like that montage of them like doing all like the fun stuff while they're like in the time loop and that's where they form their connection and then they have an intimate relationship and then something mm-hmm. happens where it tanks um aka like they him lying separate. they Terrible separate misunderstanding. then they realize yeah. well at least one of them realizes that they can't live without the other even if they're afraid to leave the time loop and they come together at the end so it does like follow the same formula as the rom-com itself but i just like i mean i think it being set in a time loop just changes the game for it entirely yeah i i agree and i like i said i like time travel stuff so that definitely intrigued me but i think it's it's really just secondary to the romance itself yeah and like like you've been saying they're both very nihilistic and so is roy but just Mm -hmm. in regards to the romance like for you know two millennial people who are eventually going to fall in love it's like understandable i feel like a lot of millennials are nihilistic because you know college debt unaffordable housing recession (laughs) pandemic everything in between 9-11 we've been through it all like let's let's sit here for 20 years and name all the things we have to be nihilistic about but yeah so it's like understand so that's why i feel like it's a more realistic Mm -hmm. romance than maybe some other rom-coms you know like a you know if i had a choice to watch this and let's say like kate and leopold for example i would rather watch this yeah because i can relate more you know what i mean kate and leopold that's another like random one to pick out of the thin air but but it does have like a time travel element it's not it does yeah that's true it's not time loop per se but still time travel still a weird time travel thing I feel like, uh, oh God, I feel like Kate and Leopold walked so Outlander could run. (laughs) Amazing. I think this movie does a lot of good things. And the other thing, there's no guarantee in this movie that they're actually going to end up together. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, alive. (laughs) Alive, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So I think... It keeps its like nihilistic edge to it, but st- it's still kind of hopeful in a way. Yeah. So it it's it it walks a very thin line that I don't think a lot of movies can do. Mm-hmm. I think Sarah is really the the hope in the movie that kind of 
pushes it along because she's the one that's like I'm getting out of here I'm not gonna be bogged down by my mistakes forever I'm gonna move on from this yeah well, and yeah. then eventually she infects Andy Samberg with her hope mm-hmm. well, she's <laughs> got the greatest arc in the movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um I also really like, I mean, sh- you can see her influence on Andy Samberg after their night together and they're in the car and he just like wakes up and he's uh, so much happier than he's probably ever been in that time loop. And they're in the car together and it's just, she's like going through her own personal trauma of having like the first instance of like Abe walking into the room while she's still there because every other scene he's been gone or she's been gone. But um, Andy Samberg is just, like, so endearing in that part because he's like, well, I thought it was a nice time. Like, did, do you regret it? And uh, that was, to me, yeah. where, it, like, he pulled on my heartstrings a lot in that moment because yeah. I was felt really bad for him. Like, you don't understand what's going on with her. And if we just had a little bit more communication, this would all go away. But, yeah, um, she definitely. That's like any movie, though, in general. <laughs> it's like, if you just talked to this person and told them what what's that's going like on, then an, the whole yeah. problem would go. That's <laughs> like, another, there would be no movie. <laughs> that's another formula of rom-coms. It's just like, nobody communicates oh, in a geez. rom-com. They don't have communication skills. Well, we always joke that, again, a lot of movies, if there was any form of communication or like common sense, the movie would not happen. Like one of the movies we always joke about is Home Alone because that that should not happen. <laughs> if well, I mean, well, sure. those people would also die <laughs> like that, like in those traps. I mean, absolutely, I, of course, yeah. But yeah, I remember because I was watching a, a group of kids over like Christmas break, and uh, we watched Home Alone, and <laughs> me and the other teachers are like, "Yeah, no, for sure, you should not be parents." child protective services would be called <laughs> so i'm like okay but th- this is a fun kids movie yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, one like question i had when i think i kind of thought about it on the first watch and then definitely it came up again on the second watch but you know how the movie opens with the goat standing out in the desert and then the like crack forms in the ground i guess like to symbolize like the cave opening up when I was rewatching that, um, I kept thinking, like, is this the beginning of, like, the cave happening every day? Or is this meant to be after the goat goes through? And, like, this is the other side for the goat, like, having escaped the time loop? Oh. Interesting. I have no idea because they never, like, explained it. my mind a little bit. It could. I now have to watch this again. <laughs> it could be, it could be the movie trying to trick us in the beginning, and mm-hmm. then like later on, it's like, oh no, it's the, you know what I mean? That's yeah, because the goat's like just possible. out in the desert, and when we, when they get the goat, it's like penned up with that guy whose wife left him for someone else. Yeah, um, which is like all the side Jeez. characters too are really funny and awesome. Yeah, in this movie, I'll, when he's having sex with the bartender. And she goes, oh, yeah, I hit somebody with my car. Oh, I yeah. really don't remember that. And the then he, like, orgasms like, right after. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck was that? That was so That bartender weird. was unhinged, for sure. That bartender, she was yeah. weird. No, for sure. That bartender for sure murdered someone. <laughs> Multiple people, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's fine, because yeah. we're in a rom-com, and none of that matters. Yeah. It's just for laughs. laughs. 
for sure yeah um, i mean that that's a good thing too with just comedies in general you want to be careful with your side characters and not make them you, you have to toe the line between like comic relief mm-hmm. and like obnoxious like we don't want a rob schneider adam sandler situation happening yeah where it's just like, oh look, he's he's talking in a funny voice, so funny. <laughs> it's like, mm. well, like there's a couple of them. Like there's the one guy who's like afraid of the earthquake, and you're like, <laughs> okay, this is a new thing. Like, why are you here now? Getting like a moment. He wasn't he uh, the same guy trying to sleep with Sarah in the beginning, and yes. then yeah. he was also the one once once Niall started to become unhinged after Sarah left. That he was like, I don't feel safe with him in this room. And I like, don't feel safe with him in the house. Like, we need to call the cops. Oh. <laughs> and another great part in that um, montage scene was when Sarah was like, meet me in this room with a blindfold on in a few minutes. And then uh-huh. he just goes walking in Ugh. and everybody starts screaming. That was great. I mean, to be fair, we all know a guy like that. Uh, psh- Absolutely. And we all know he deserves to be blindfolded and put in a bathroom to <laughs> accidentally walk in on whatever that was in the mm-hmm. bathroom and misty like Gross. is a funny like she is annoying but she also oh I yeah like... she's like the typical annoying like dumb blonde party girl yeah for sure <laughs> i've never been broken up with <laughs> i don't like you but that doesn't mean we should break up i, know. Well, I had the thought away. first <laughs> please go away oh my god oh god um yeah, and then the other thing about it, too, is I was like, with it being a rom-com and it's set in a wedding, I think is also funny, like, Niles and Sarah have to relive a wedding every day, which at some point is just annoying, especially when you're alone. I mean, um, yeah, especially when you, you don't, I mean, she's the bride's sister, but mm-hmm. still, her she has a weird, strained relationship with most of her family, so that's awkward in its own right but then he's there and he doesn't really know any of these people he's there with misty and he doesn't even like misty so yeah. she's like i'm here to drink question mark yeah so yeah and it's also like a Ugh. wedding where abe's an asshole so i don't even like we mentioned oh God, we don't abe, even I know can. i also wonder like is Gross. sarah ever gonna say anything to her sister after the time loop or was that whole speech of like abe don't fuck this up like enough yeah, I was going to ask you how you felt about that. I, I don't know how I felt about that. Because I would, I mean, I feel like maybe, she, I don't know if she plans on saying anything ever. Mm. It doesn't feel like she is, because she literally says to him, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Well, I think because the couple times it has been brought up to her, like she does it the one time in her ear. Yeah, she whispers and, it in her ear and yeah. ruins the whole wedding. And her sister clearly is distraught. And like she should be, and then the one time Andy Sandberg brings it up again, she's kind of like really distraught. So I wonder if because she has grown through this, and she would be like, I don't want to ruin my sister's happiness. Uh, right. Obviously, she knows she's not gonna fuck the guy again. But I'm saying he's clearly a cheetah, cheetah, mm-hmm. pumpkin eater. Because well, you don't just like. When you cheat on someone, you don't automatically go, I'm going to fuck my girl's sister. You work up to the sister. <laughs> so he's probably screwed a lot of people. Uh, but yeah. I mean, you know. But whatever. also in the same breath, like, 
not, again, not defending his actions. I'm just saying. I would hope not. The sister is like the black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if they did fool around, she might never. Even if she did say, oh, I slept with Abe, maybe no one would believe her. Mm. Why would she make that up, Scott? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm just... Why would she just be like, I screwed the groom? Aren't I a lovable scam? I just like no the drama. <laughs> like, that's... I didn't like the stepmom either. The stepmom oh, yeah. was... Ugh. Yucky. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, um, the, the wedding's not about her, so she left. Mm-hmm. Screw you, lady. <laughs> Absolutely. And I I thought that was not strange, but they brought up that Sarah lost her mom mm-hmm. at a young age, and they they brought it up maybe a couple of times, but they don't really yeah they don't dive too deeply into that. Like they bring it up, but they don't really bring it up in significance to her right growth. I guess mm-hmm. if that makes sense, I could see it being a thing where like her mom dying plus her failed marriage has like formed Sarah into this very nihilistic person and like right. untrustworthy of love being in love and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so like when she finally says to and I keep calling him Andy, uh, Niles at the end mm-hmm. when she finally says to him like what well she's asked him what if we get sick of each other and he says we're already sick of each other and it's great. Um yeah. And then she That's love. I think she finally realizes <laughs> like she kind of like lets go of a little bit of her trauma too. Uh Ex- like explore this relationship with him and maybe that's kind of because she clearly had sex with abe as kind of a way to like you know it almost a self-destructive thing not just for her but for the wedding itself because mm-hmm. she she like we've been saying super nihilistic and fuck love it's not real all that stuff right so maybe now that she's at the end of the movie and she's kind of accepted that she's grown and love is real and all that good stuff. Maybe she's just kind of like, all right, let's move on from this. I love my sister. If you cheat on her again, I will kill you. And Absolutely. I'm like, let's just move on. And I wonder, too, if she feels like I've already admitted this to her once. Like, so I that's yeah. in some timeline that has happened. Technically. She got it off her chest. Yeah. And she had, and she also addressed it with Abe at one point, too. So true she's kind she of said like, i'm done being a shitty person yeah even if it's and you're a shitty person too yeah even if <laughs> a kind of cried about and it. like i'm sure eventually probably abe and Tala won't work out unfortunately um i mean maybe who could say who knows um but yeah i think um, it's one oh, of those unanswered questions yeah again <laughs> once something we won't know it's fine it's not really about tala and abe it's about sarah yeah. and niles that's all i really care about and i think it's nice that niles knows and still like like accepts her yeah oh yeah because he recognizes that she's screwed up and he's Mm -hmm. also screwed up so it's like hey we're screwed up together it's fine yeah and also the fact that he had that one timeline or whatever where he really defended her and was Mm -hmm. like sarah's a good person you guys treat her like crap and And then he stabs the guy in the fork (laughs) oh then he stabs the guy in the face with the fork that was great. That was good punishment. We all want to be that person. Mm-hmm. We all want to stab Abe in the face with a fork. Yeah. Well, well, we'll find out what happens again in Palm Springs 2. Electric Back Bugaloo. in the loop. <laughs> Back, <laughs> Back in the, in loop. the loop. You know, I did read an interview. Um, I don't think I have it in my resources, but I read an interview where Andy Samberg and um, uh, Kristen Maloney talked about, like, maybe there'll be a sequel at some point. And we'll see if they're still together. 
Um, That'd be cute. It would be and they cute. somehow get trapped in another loop together. Another That'd be loop. Great. Well, uh, I think what you, I think what you would do if you were going to do a sequel, just spitballing. I don't think you have them be stuck in the loop as they like they know they're in the loop. You have like Tala be stuck in the loop. Ooh. Would and it... of the and they you she just see them come. Oh, you have some other periphery character be stuck in a loop mm-hmm. where they're involved in it, but not. Like they don't know. Oh, maybe we should have Nana's. Story. I was gonna say maybe palm <laughs> strings to Nana's story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a really. I totally forgot about that. So when it happened the second time we watched it last night, I was like, huh? "Is Nana like in the loop? Yeah, so to speak." I think that's just a fun like. It was a very like, you know, the old people in the notebook thing where it's like, "Oh, this it was us." Like, I'm like <laughs> it is this reminding me of that? Is this just like old people <laughs> being old people, or is this like person actually stuck in this time loop? Who's to right. say? Who knows? Um, but yeah, she's stuck in the loop because she never wants to leave. But then, like the implications at the end with Roy too. It's like, oh, so this is one timeline where the wedding goes normally mm-hmm. and everyone lives their happy lives, and Roy goes on and so on and so forth. And then there's another timeline where uh, Andy Samberg and Kristen Melody end up together and hang out sunbathing in some random family's pool <laughs> and then they're together after the wedding it's weird yeah um what kind of blew my mind i was like oh no <laughs> not the multiverse. i'm just like i try to like not think about it too hard because i feel like I'll i know you can't with really ahead. any time travel movie you can't think about it too hard yeah because it's just like oh, God. i'm just like it, i was just, happy that because it cut to black and i was like if if i don't know what's gonna happen and it just cuts to black and yeah. the movie ends i'm gonna be so pissed off because i hate i, <laughs> I hate when that I happens felt like that too i'm like it definitely doesn't end here does it yeah and then they're in the pool and you still don't know if it worked until um andy's like i guess i gotta go pick up my dog and then they eventually yeah. november 10th um so i was that glad was that funny. they concluded it um one like but i knew they had to have some conclusion with roy because she i yeah. remember her being on the phone yeah and i was like she's clearly talking to roy because who else is she calling i didn't like, <laughs> like catch doesn't that. know anybody else in this loop i didn't know who she so, was talking yeah. to on the phone i was like and then when like i watched it the second time with my husband and it ended and he was like what about roy and i was like just keep watching it's, it's okay just keep watching <laughs> and then thankfully i mean and the the idea that is that cool. hopefully roy follows the same steps and gets out of it too and, yeah. Well, I think when we saw it the first time, I think we both did react the same way. We were both like, yo, the, they left Roy here. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. I know. Roy wasn't that bad. I mean, he did uh, kill Niles a few times, but. Yeah, but I mean, like. I understand. You know, yeah. He had a right to be a little angry. Yeah. And the fact that he can also operate a crossbow is just coincidental when you got an I'm angry guy other in a torture, time loop forever. I'm on other torture things like waterboarding yeah, you know. and <laughs> yeah, oh my God. he fills the pool with gasoline yeah. oh and then God. lights it on fire. And then like the God. flames just reflect in his eyes and he's just like like so happy. Jesus. Um, so yeah, like, we didn't even address like the part where he gets hit by the car. And then, like, is pinned. Yeah. And then, like, basically, like, body's broken. And the the nurses wouldn't let him fall asleep. 
so he just had to sit in yeah. a hospital alone and that's when he had his moment where he was like i should like refigure my priorities this. Yeah. <laughs> this is well, unhealthy I, I love andy samberg yeah, I, I loved andy, andy samberg going yeah dying in the icu sucks yeah <laughs> Not fun. pain is very real which like great lesson for the kids at home yeah don't die in the icu that's bad prefer not Glad to we all know that now um <laughs> but yeah it's it's but the, you know what's crazy that's what's like great about jk simmons man he can go from like a brutal torturer and murderer to someone who like you have real genuine sympathy and sadness for and you're mm-hmm. like oh this poor guy who tortures and <laughs> murders andy Samberg anything yeah anything poor guy jk simmons does i support 100 percent because he's jk simmons for sure Look at my son water the dog poop. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, I think I had read something, too, of, like, that's also, like, symbolic of the time loop where he's, like, watering poop. It's never going to grow. It's just, like, there's that instance. But oh then also, God. like, yeah, that's true, I guess. his his daughter's on a horse that's going nowhere. Um, <laughs> there was, like, oh a lot. God. I know. Some people really, like, read into this a lot wow. more than I, I ever movies, could. Like, just, yeah. Um. One, like, final unanswered question I had, maybe to, like, wrap up before we go into our segments, was the instance of, like, every time Niles wakes up, he hears literally wake up with, like, some mysterious woman's voice. And I noticed it only happened with Niles. It didn't happen when we only saw Sarah wake up. Um, So I felt like there was some maybe deeper meaning there, too, of, like, we've mentioned Niles kind of has given up at this point. And so maybe, like, that's a trigger for him to try to, like, wake up and get back into life and all of that. I just thought it was Misty being, like, wake up. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I just assumed it was Misty. Oh, man. I just thought it was some supernatural thing. That also, that would be a much, like, cooler thing. But, yeah, I just assumed it was annoying Misty. (laughs) Wake up. Being, like, wake up. I got to get ready for this wedding. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, man. Man, I thought there was some deep meaning there. I think it is really just Misty <laughs> with a whisper. <laughs> wake up. Wow. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, geez. I thought Maybe I ha- the horse really is going nowhere. <laughs> I really thought I was onto something. And now I feel foolish. It's okay. Ugh. Don't feel Not foolish. everything has to have a deep meaning. Not according to Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all ask, connected. Ask any Redditor <laughs> oh and they will tell you otherwise. Thank God for Reddit. Some, but also I mean, sometimes. Nuts, man, but awesome. Reddit's a love-hate thing. Mm-hmm. Pepe Silvia, man. Pepe Silvia. Oh, God. Pepe Silvia. <laughs> I do not know Get what that here. means. <laughs> oh, don't. It's uh, always sunny in Phil- Philadelphia oh, reference. okay. Gotcha. Don't get gotcha. down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. Oh, <sighs> all right. Well, I feel like we should move into some of our segments, um, unless if there's anything else that we didn't touch upon that you guys want to talk about. Oh, we're down. Hey. Cool. We'll follow your lead. Amazing. Great. I'm happy to guide the ship uh, or the time loop. And anyway, the first segment that we have is Duff Flick. So these are like kind of rhetorical questions we can ask, or just we've asked a lot of questions already, but um, like... Honestly, my biggest deflick of this entire movie is what deflick is up with the dinosaurs because they're not 
uh, <laughs> envisioning this on mushrooms because we see him at the very end. Uh, wait, when do we see him at the end? They, 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 oh, wait, when when the camera pans up and goes like from their pool, like you see them an overshot of them in the pool and it pans up to like the desert. Oh. And you do see them like walking oh. in the distance in the desert oh i thought that was like a symbolic thing oh but that could i mean acid and mushrooms i've never partaken maybe they are high (laughs) in the pool again they could very easily be high in the pool i feel like the dinosaurs probably we should ask reddit about this but i feel like the dinosaurs definitely symbolize something (laughs) maybe it's got something to do with time because they you know at the beginning of time dinosaurs walked the air the land before time oh Oh, god no that movie stop it bad um bad scott okay so i did look this up because i needed to know if somebody had the answer (laughs) i needed to understand i needed to know more um so there's an article in the rap um where they kind of talked through it like one possibility as we've mentioned they could just be hallucinating again and actually out near palm springs there's a semi-famous landmark with really large dinosaur sculptures so maybe like they saw that somehow and were tripping again um yeah the other option is that they're real and somehow we're transported there because of the time loop and the quantum anomaly in the cave and all of that and it's f- like that what's that jurassic world sequel where the dinosaurs live among us the last <laughs> like jurassic that. world one the yeah the last one, one. that uh, i mean none of them were great <laughs> as a jurassic but park yes. fan i was appalled by the last one but i didn't even see the last one. i saw the second one and i and as the second the dinosaur opened the door <laughs> Like with his little claws, like I'm done. I'm, I'm out. walking out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm peacing out. <laughs> Once they introduce clones, I, I, that's where I. Oh, mm. the clone thing. What was the point of that? Jesus. I'll anyway, just say, let's talk about better movies. Yeah, let's let's switch the gears. Di- so <laughs> anyway, in this yeah, movie. the dinosaurs in this movie. Um, like <laughs> the reason we're seeing them at the end could be because we're like in an alternate reality, perhaps. Um, that's bled into this world. The writer of this movie, whose name mm-hmm. is, and I'm looking at it, Andy Ciara, said, mm-hmm. quote, about the dinosaurs, I could tell you, or I'm sorry, that's not what he said. I could say that you have two characters who don't believe they are capable of love, and in that moment, maybe they fall in love. This is the tenth scene. Uh, dinosaurs don't exist, but in that moment, they exist. So I guess it's like in comparison to love existing. Um, he went on to say... Or I can also just say that I love Jurassic Park and I wanted to put that in there. It felt right in that moment. How do we make this scene stand out more? What better way than to add dinosaurs? And I agree. That's fair. Yeah. We love a little boy that likes dinosaurs. And it's like, I wrote a big boy movie. I want to put dinosaurs in it. I'm not going to lie. This this movie was (laughs) elevated for me because it had dinosaurs and I do love Jurassic Park. So, you know. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that it definitely was... adds a different element to it and something that you could interpret really in any way mm-hmm. as we we're seeing here. Absolutely. Are they high or are there are do we live in Jurassic World? Who who could say? Who can say? <laughs> um anyway, that was a really long deflick from me. Did you guys have any deflick moments? Uh I wonder how my deflick question I guess would be how many people are actually stuck in this time? Mm. Well, yeah, that's 
That's yes. a fair question. <laughs> because we, we, we know Niles, we know Sarah, and we know Roy. We have a questions about Nana. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is there others? Right, because if you can infer that, let's say, Nana is in it somehow, she got stuck in there, then you, in, it doesn't seem like Niles knows about that. So you can infer that other people maybe are in it and just don't, have not vocalize that to anybody else or to Niles so I could it could just yeah. be a never ending loop of misery I could see Jerry being in it Jerry I could see the bartender being in it cuz she's she's also very nihilistic look sounding um, a murderer and a murderer <laughs> maybe she did that in one of her time loop things who knows yeah there's definitely more people who are affected by this than just there, these yeah, three, for sure. or possibly four with Nana. And plus, you got all those people in the bar. You got like you know oh, they're yeah. just in the desert in the middle of nowhere. You got that guy just constantly shooting photos of his <laughs> ex-wife's new guy. Like he could be stuck in there for God knows how long. So <laughs> you never know. Well, he's Andy Samberg's father. Oh God! Oh my gosh, so that weird. part was, was so like, great. He's like, "I'm your son." <laughs> I'm your son. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, gosh. Um, one other. Okay, I kind of have two. One is, and I don't. Is this a common thing for guys? But why does like does Niles wear boxers under his swim shorts? Is that normal? No. no. <laughs> okay. Of course not. <laughs> Wanted to. Oh my god, that was funny. I was like, what? What? <laughs> okay. Boxers okay. or the swim shorts, I feel like themselves are boxers that you're allowed to wear around people. So I, I don't know. Also, why the flick? Just connecting to that portion of the film, why the flick would when Andy Samberg and Kristen Melody want to hook up, and they're at this like beautiful resort, right? <laughs> They, there's like a bajillion rooms in this place. Why would they choose to go in the desert and like make out and potentially have sex on a bunch of rocks in the desert? Like that can't be Thank comfy. you. Because I... You've got beds everywhere. I noted that. Like I was that, like, this seems so uncomfortable. They did... I just realized, like you've seen them in the scene. They're like laying on the rocks like so uncomfortably Ugh. clearly. And it's like you couldn't find a more... Like even if you just laid on the dirt, like put a blanket Sand. out, that would be better than just, like, screwing on a bunch of rocks. Well, I, I think also partially, because this leads to a que- another question, when does he drop the suit mm. and go Hawaiian? Oh, I, that couldn't have taken that long. <laughs> no, who would want to wear just, a suit? I mean, every like, day. Fuck it. It's not even, life. like, my sister's wedding, my yeah. friend. No, it's my girlfriend, who I don't even like, her friend's wedding. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> That was, like, something I didn't clock until later on, too, was, like, oh, he's, like, wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt and shorts. And I think I just thought it, he was just wearing that because it's hot. <laughs> and maybe that's his, Yeah, someone like, at some point even says, a wedding guest or something, he's like, why does he look like he's dressed for a luau? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're not in Hawaii for sure. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also, you go. Nobody, you go, girl. nobody can remember him. He just has to keep saying Misty's boyfriend. Misty's, Misty's boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. Um, and my last flick, which 
I was like, I don't know why. Maybe this was because pre like the Corona commercial times, but I just wasn't sure why the flick Andy Samberg wasn't drinking any Coronas because he's in the Coronas commercials. Um, I just thought that would have been a funny time. But then I was also like, maybe oh, yeah. that happened after this movie, so which wouldn't have made any sense. Maybe. Um, also, I mean, they probably didn't have the rights to uh, be able to drink Coronas in this movie. And I ended up finding out that the beer that they drink isn't even like a real beer. Um, it's mm. totally made up. It's called Akupara beer, which, as you would suspect, has a meaning. It's in Sanskrit and it means unlimited, unbounded. And in Hinduism, it's the name of a tortoise described as one who is without death. So there you ah, go. Well, there you go. All these like little deep That's meetings funny. that pe- people on Reddit find out way more than I could ever. <laughs> well, you got uh, this one thing I love about like film and like the little details that a director put in there just because they thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like that. they come up with their own brands for things. Like Kevin Smith has a uh, movies the fast food like chain that he made up called movies mm. and it's like a little cow that's funny he actually made it into a restaurant yeah they had like a pop-up of movies it was oh my so gosh cute. but yeah i love those like little details that no one really cares about but they just put them in there for yeah. fun but when you're researching a movie for a podcast you're like that's a really cool thing i'm gonna put this in my notes <laughs> yeah w- once we started doing the podcast too i've become like the one woman research team mm. for shoot the flick and like mm-hmm. find out very odd things although sometimes when scott's showing me a movie i accidentally get spoiled for things <laughs> <laughs> and i pretend to be really surprised <laughs> i had no idea or i pretend that i guessed it but in reality yeah. i looked it up and i was like oh i i knew already that so and so was gonna i know die. that's what <laughs> so i whoops should daisy so start doing is just being like did you all notice that the beer is called this and i actually know that that means this in sanskrit crazy yeah, I'm, you know a jeopardy contestant <laughs> so i know all these random facts about yeah. sanskrit uh awesome did you guys have any other deathlick moments before we move on i think i don't think so okay well, our next segment is called Dick of the Flick, and there are some interesting contenders for this one. Who is on your all's list? I mean, you could make an argument that most of our main players and <laughs> yeah. a lot of our side players are dicks. Mm-hmm. However, I would I would put in my nomination for the number one dick probably to be Abe. Yeah. Just because... He's it's like, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I I don't know if you're into Bravo at all, but like, <laughs> there's like the scandal going on right now, like on the internet for Vanderpump oh, and Scandal and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten him down the rabbit hole. It's terrible, but Abe is basically like the Tom Sand of all of this movie. Mm. He's just a big, gross cheater who likes to party and take drugs and screw his girlfriend slash fiance's. Wife best friend over. aka sister <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> gross i would say yes abe is probably the strongest contender i'd probably say we have to throw misty in yeah. there as a contender sure because if she doesn't cheat on niles let's say in the very beginning maybe niles doesn't get stuck in this time loop to mm. then drag roy and sarah into this time loop and our movie never happens but true 
the, that's fair also yeah it's hard to choose between niles and abe because one they're both cheaters um abe i feel like has, i mean misty i mean misty and abe sorry who did i say no you're fine okay niles. you said niles, niles. <laughs> it's like wait no <laughs> um my bad uh no yeah uh misty and abe um the thing with abe is like when sarah does confront him in the shower he does like cry and get really upset about it so there's some guilt there I, not that that like redeems him by any sense but with misty she's very much like nothing's ever my fault and i'm fine and i'm perfect and so like i don't know no one's ever broken up with me yeah. ever she seems to be a little bit more dickish but then also again like abe's the one getting married so i feel like there's way more um consequences for that than than misty cheating yeah i could do it a tie as a tie honestly like misty and abe are kind of on the same trajectory yeah i would say that's fair i mean it would it's a tough contest i would definitely say that yeah i I would say i would say if i had to pick i would say abe would just edge out yeah just because this is your wedding day? Yeah, it's the night before your wedding, dude. Yeah. You got a little more of an obligation than Misty, Misty. to, like, some guy. Because God knows how long they were even dating before they went to this wedding together. Yeah. So it's like, eh, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, just based on Misty's personality, you're not really shocked by her True. behavior at all. With True. Abe, he kind of presents like he's this great guy mm. and this great husband to be and then you find out that he's a little cheetah yes i so, yeah i don't know yeah i think you're right i think abe does does edge out misty um some other options i had was the time loop itself could be a dick <laughs> of the flick because that's fair you won't even let them kill themselves I to get out of it like, like come on geez. it's funny too because when like sarah draws the time loop thing on the whiteboard to show him like how it works it does look like a dick when she draws yeah. it so um She's that like a dick in a big box yeah <laughs> which is oh my god i just connected it dick in a box it's a dick in a box <laughs> I mean, it's a tick in a that box. was one thing I needed out of this movie because it was a Lonely Island production and there was no song and I needed I feel there like it no could have just like added a little bit if Andy broke out and not even like a drunken rap from Niles just like you know or at least have the other two guys be like the the band oh yeah that would have been funny the wedding band yeah just something or like random wedding guests because <laughs> they had so much time to like they did that like dance routine uh in the bar which mm-hmm. was cool like he could have uh, put together some lyrics and we could have had a new song from lonely island Ugh. anyway just have michael bolton show up again yeah oh god <laughs> jeez justin timberlake oh, just Lord. makes a cameo um <laughs> the it's just like a waiter yeah <laughs> One of the guys that... When's uh, the last time he was in a movie? He's He hasn't really been in a movie in a while, no? Justin Timberlake? Sorry. Off on a tangent no, again. But uh, like... Friends with Benefits? I know. I was going to say that or Bad Teacher. Maybe. Oh, maybe that too. I'm, yeah, looking, maybe. I'm looking this up because I, I have to Okay, know yeah. Because I just need to know how far back in the Wayback Machine we're going. I mean... For Justin Timberlake performance. He was in like every movie for like the longest time. Remember when everyone loved just like, no. Um, wait. Okay, so he's got some things in 2022. He, mostly music videos. Um, wait, where's the movie? Palmer in 2001? I don't even know what this is. 
Palmer. Oh, that might be 2020. Is 2021? Yeah. Palmer. Because that sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea. It sounds familiar. I think he was like some guy and he had a kid and I don't know. No, He's like a single dad. It's an Apple original film. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, well, that's why we don't know it. That's, yeah. He also was in Trolls World Tour. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's in the Trolls movies <laughs> with uh, Anna Kendrick. He's done mostly but music he's animated, videos. So Man. who knows? That's a thing. Like, if Andy Samberg's the new Adam Sandler, then Justin Timberlake's like the new uh, Roy Schneider. Ah! <laughs> uh. That's great. No, uh, Andy Samberg is going to be in one of the biggest movies of this current uh, month. What? What? He's in the uh, Spider Verse. What? Oh, he is. Everybody's in freaking Spider. Who's he in Spider Verse? He's a uh, Scarlet Spider. Everybody's in Spider Verse, man. That's amazing. Good for him. I think we're going to see that tonight. I'm oh, cool. intrigued by it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hearing good things so far, but oh yeah, I've heard we'll good see. things too. <laughs> One quick note before we move on from Dick of the Flick that I wrote in my notes, and I have to say this, I knew instantly Roy couldn't be, this was before we like knew Roy's story, I knew he couldn't be the Dick of the Flick because he ordered a Moscato, and I was like, my guy, I love oh, Moscato. Yes. I was like, it's a classy J.K. Guy. Simmons ordering a Moscato, and I feel like everybody makes fun of Moscato drinkers, but J.K. Simmons just made it cool. No, he's a classy guy. Yeah. Where they have cocaine. <laughs> they're sitting in the yeah, I love he orders a Moscato and he's like, no, bourbon. No, cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Pills. <laughs> like, Moscato's the gateway drug to cocaine. We love that. <laughs> That's the best advertisement that Moscato's ever had. Absolutely. <laughs> Not only does J.K. Simmons drink it, but it's the gateway <laughs> drug to cocaine. Uh, you want to really party? Have amazing. a Moscato. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay, moving on to how many flicks do we give? Um, really quick, I like to uh, sometimes highlight like how films were received critically um, from a point of like when they first came out. So I know this was very successful at the Sundance Film Festival when it first came out. Um, and it's like crazy to read about how this film was made on such a teeny teeny tiny a teeny tiny budget of five million dollars which um for a movie uh i think is pretty small and they only had like three weeks to film it um so within that small budget and time frame they sold it to hulu and neon for 17.5 million dollars so they definitely made their profit back yeah um Mm -hmm. i think it's really cool how scrappy they were with filming this movie um like they pre-planned a lot of the shoots with toy figurines so they knew exactly how it was going to be shot um they borrowed a lot of camera equipment for free or like deep deep discounts um and then like they try to do most takes in like two or three shots to just like keep it going um yeah and like a lot of the montage scenes were like filmed as like Andy Samberg and Christy Melody like actually preparing for the roles like off off shoot um so they really like pulled it together and made an incredible film and people loved it so on IMDb it was rated 7.4 out of 10 and on Rotten Tomatoes it gets a 94% from critics and an 89% from audiences so fresh 
from both sides. I think that speaks very highly from the critic side because I don't think critics tend to like rom-coms, but they really liked this one. Um, so I'll start with you guys. What do you give this movie? And for context, we do one to five. Five is the best, and you can do decimal points. You want to go first? Sure. Um, <laughs> I I love. I really like this movie. I gave it a four point two five out of five. I mm-hmm. think it's a lot of fun. I also I like time travel, time loop, time things. I think Andy Samberg is hysterical. Literally, right after the, we've watched this movie again, I now fell down the Brooklyn Nine Nine hole. So now I'm rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine. <sighs> um, Amazing. It's it's just it's a good time. It mm-hmm. really is, and I think they did enough to. Again, I've said it before in this review. They did enough to make it different and make it enjoyable. And if they did a sequel, I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd for sure watch it just to see where they would go with it. I also gave it a 4.25. So Scott stole my answer for sure. <laughs> but yeah, like I I think this movie really is kind of the little engine that could. Mm-hmm. I think it was in a, a bad time for movies just because pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I think... I mean, just based on what it's got on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, I think it obviously did really well. But I think people don't really talk about it as much as they probably should. I think it got washed out by everything post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like most pandemic movies have kind of gotten the brush off because, you know, they were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants mm-hmm. during 2020 for the most part with everything. Um, but yeah, I think it's somehow because of that even though it's got good ratings it's still underrated just because people don't talk about it as much as i think they should yeah i agree i gave this one a 4.8 out of 5 i just had like such a fun time i know so high so high. i feel like i had just such a fun time with this movie and on the rewatch like watching it with my husband like i was really excited to introduce him to the movie and like like see his reaction while i already know what was going to happen so i feel like this is a movie with like very high rewatchability um part of that is because it is an exact 90 minute movie which we don't get a lot anymore it's just like i think exactly an hour and 30 minutes and i feel like it's not too short it's not too i mean some things i think maybe could have been added but like i feel like it's a pretty pretty good movie as far as like including everything that it needs to in that time frame um another aspect is just like Andy Samberg himself and Christy Melody who I hadn't seen since uh the fiasco of How I Met Your Mother so I'm really good I'm really glad that that um that she was able to come back from that but yeah like that like they're two very iconic people in this iconic movie it's funny it's got the romance part of it and I like that it touched upon like all of these other things with life and living and all of that. And the fact that I think it came out during the pandemic was at the time probably really reflective of the world people were living in, where it was just like people probably felt stuck in a time loop and things ran together so much. Um, as a millennial, I feel like it's very um, relevant as we mentioned, yeah. we've lived through many disasters. <laughs> so 
um i get that sense of nihilism but it's 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 uh good that they have like that hopeful ending too um so yeah i give 4.8 like i said there's just like a few things that weren't answered in the movie or things that could have been added but ultimately i still think it's a fun watch and i'm so glad that i finally did watch this movie and you guys picked it yeah, that was uh, that was Scott's fault. I'm glad he did it though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, I I picked uh, Moulin Rouge, and I believe from what you told me, you're like I was so close to picking yeah. Moulin Rouge, and I'm like, no, I get it. This is better. Everyone knows Moulin Rouge. I feel like whether you like it or not, but yeah, I feel like this movie needs more of a light shined on it. And, and just back to what you said about just rewatchability, like this movie absolutely gives off comfort movie mm. vibes. Like you yeah. could just throw it on and like cuddle up in bed if you're feeling crappy and just like feel so much better i feel like definitely i agree i I could definitely see this movie in time as more people watch it being rising up a list of like movies like yeah comfort movies movies you watch Mm -hmm. constantly or like it's just an easy movie to get into even now like i think when we first watched it i think i gave it a four out of five and now I give it a 4.25 out of 5. I feel like as I watch it more, mm-hmm. I'm going to find more I enjoy about it. And yeah. the, that score will probably continue to rise as time goes on. Short but sweet. Absolutely, yeah. Because like you hear now, especially like run times of some of these movies is like, oh my god. I know. This is like <laughs> Three a... and a half hours? Oh. Martin Scorsese? Really? Oh, okay. God, don't even get sure. me started. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, just to have something where it's, not it doesn't take up too much of my time it's not too much of a commitment and the fact that I because but it still leaves an impact yeah absolutely and like I actually wanted to rewatch this movie for a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. um not just because it was short and sweet but there's just so much to enjoy in this movie so yeah it's a great watch I'm glad I finally got around to it and I will be watching it again and maybe eventually it'll be like just five out of five for me like because I'll just have watched it so many times the score has climbed for me too (laughs) Awesome. Well, Frankie and Scott, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was so much fun talking about this movie. Um, I want to give you guys a chance to share your podcast with my listeners and let everyone know where they can find you. Thank you so much for having us on. Uh, Again, our show is called Shoot the Flick. Well, (laughs) well, yours is (laughs) called Why the Flick. But uh, basically what we do, we of course talk about movies as well, but uh, Scotty and I are one of them old married couples and we introduce each other to different movies every week uh we also have a monthly series that we watch a different themed movie every month this season it's been disney movies so that's been Mm. a nice stroll down memory lane and nostalgia lane um but yeah you can find us anywhere where pods are casted itunes spotify google podcast iHeartRadio, wherever and uh we usually post every week we do take breaks here and there just for our own mental health. But for the most part, we post every week and we just have a lot of fun doing it. So we would love to get more listeners listening to us bicker about movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely link to all of your info in the show notes. So you guys literally have no excuse. You can just click on the show notes, click on the links, go straight to them. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for our next flick, I'm sure you guys are very curious what we're going to be talking about next. I'm very, I'm very excited for this next flick. You know, every once in a while, 
there's a sequel that comes around speaking of sequels that is possibly better if not as good better than the original it's very rare that this happens but we are exploring one that i personally think fits the bill and we are going to be talking about shrek 2 Ooh. Oh my god, can Ooh. I tell you something really weird? So yes. <laughs> the other night we went to a get together with my mom and like we had a little girls night and I may have gotten a little wine drunk <laughs> and I came home <laughs> to my husband and I'm like, Can we watch a movie? And he put on the OG Shrek uh. and we just I just babbled wine drunk for like two hours while we watched Shrek. <laughs> so I'm definitely down for this. Yes. Shrek is I'm like we I've never talked about Shrek on the podcast so we're pretty much skipping right to Shrek 2 um it's fine everyone knows Shrek yeah everyone knows Shrek I feel like Shrek 2 was a a sequel that really like hit the mark as much as the first one did and I'm excited to re-explore this um I can't say the same for the other Shreks but Shrek 2 was Mm -hmm. was pretty good and so i'm gonna be joined by sit down loser we're watching a movie to talk about that one and it's gonna be a fun time fun conversation for sure i'm excited to revisit it because i haven't seen it in so long and i'm wondering how many references i'm gonna get more so than when i was uh 14 maybe when it came out i can't remember oh geez around there yeah 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 Yeah. definitely like a very millennial movie that we that's like ingrained oh, yeah. to every millennial's mind and body and of soul. Of course. <laughs> awesome. That's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, if you're already listening to this podcast, you know where to find us. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, um, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. If you feel so inclined, you can also give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify and also leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. And then you can also follow us on social media. We are at Why the Flick on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Letterboxd. So you can check us out there as well. Um, Frankie and Scott from Shoot the Flick, thank you so much for joining me again today. It was a blast having you guys and would love to have you guys back on sometime in the future to maybe talk about Moulin Rouge, you know? I mean, not haven't done oh, it on geez. the pod yet. Scott is going to run away, <laughs> but I'll be here. Yeah. I'll be here with bells on. <sighs> awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And thanks to all of our listeners for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.